ハイゼアアバリワンサンクスフォーリスニングトゥアワイントロダクションアポッドカースト ESG アンサステナビリティウィッドハジューンフォーカスオンサムオフトモストトレンディングアンレイティストインサイトフォンドハートフエシアパシフィックリジョンアーティーンイスペンディングアウトエンタイタイムポーリングフォーヒューチボリュームオフデータエンインフォーメーションフィギュリングアウトハウトチェンジングインバイロメントエンクライメントアフェクトゥビスネスケアフォーリキュレーティングエンマティキュレスリーディスティリングクリティカルエンアクションアブルインサイトアーステディリーグローイングループアンリスナーススクライバーススエンフォーラースインクルーエクセキュティブス From all walks of businesses, and we are working very hard on expanding this global group. Apart from being one of our growing podcast followers, you can also follow our LinkedIn company page, Terra, Link, Research, or follow Mr. Zeng Hon Jun, who is also on LinkedIn as well. Seng Liu, All of Us, Look, Forward to, A Sustainable, and Green Future, with our listeners. Okay, welcome to ESG and Sustainability. I'm your host, Han Jin, and today I'm going to share with you some news regarding, of course, ESG and Sustainability, but I'm going to focus more on what's coming out from Indonesia. And I'm also going to give an update on ESG reporting standards, then followed by some new sustainability strategy by Expedia Group, and finally, some uh, uh, trade agreement uh, between UK and Vietnam and how Vietnam is going to help. It's、um, enterprises to further enter into UK and by, by introducing greening policies and so on. So, now what's happening in Indonesia right now, as most of us know, is that there is a lot of, lot of G20 meetings. And one of the things that, that's coming off this, right, is agree- an agreement that's between Indonesia and Norway. And what's happening is that they have signed a deal on Monday. Which is for Norway to reward Indonesia with deforestation reduction. But even though Norway is going to reward Indonesia with deforestation reduction, the environmentalists, the, the, the activists, right, they claim that Indonesia has actually been allowing deforestation free for all by letting companies to clear land for new plantations. But despite this, The federal government from Indonesia, of course, they claim that it has made significant progress by reducing the rate of primary forest loss for five straight years. But, and the Norway's, Norway's Ministry of Climate and Environment s a y that because of this, because of Jakarta's action, they are going to reward it with results based contributions for cutting emissions. So, all these, all these environmentalists, all these activists, right, they, actually, they were actually quite skeptical about it and say that the deal will not change the situation in, in Indonesia at all because the rainforest are still, is still being destroyed and it's being destroyed to make way for、uh, plantations like palm trees and timber. And it, it is these actions that threaten endangered species. And push all these indigenous people off their land. This is what the environmentalists that are, are claiming. So, under this new agreement between Norway and Indonesia, Norway is going to send Jakarta an initial USD $56 million payment for its deforestation reduction. And this is for the action that's being done from year 2016 to 2017. 
then uh, it will then pay Indonesia for the years of reduction that follow after verifying the drops in deforestation and this means that it could be worth hundreds of millions of dollars to Jakarta. So whether is it a good news or bad news is up to you to, to decide. Anyway, the next one that I want to update is uh, very important for most of us because a lot of us in who are dealing with ESG and sustainability matters, we are very concerned about uh, the different reporting standards and all these standards, some consumers have claimed that uh, some of the users and users have claimed that it's making them very confused because there's, there's just simply too many standards and which one to follow they don't know. And so according to the latest annual World Federation of Exchanges Sustainability Report, they found out that actually 96% of the respondents, they reported demand for ESG disclosure. And this is up from 70% in 2018. So it, it jumped from 70% to 96% now. And this report found that there's no consensus on the reporting standards required or recommended by the exchanges. With an equal number of respondents, 27 out of 43, 27 out of 43, they actually favor the TCFD and the GRI reporting standards. So far, these two standards have been uh, one of the few more popular ones among so many standards. There's standards for coal, there's standards for iron, the standards for steels, but, but this TCFD and the GRI, they are generally uh, like a more general kind of standards. And there's also SASB as well. So this report found out that TCFD and GRI are the top standards. And in addition to that, right, around half, 51% of the exchanges, they said that they were promoting TCFD-based disclosure, while 41% say they plan to, but regulatory authorities currently recommend or require TCFD-based reporting in just 13% of the jurisdiction. This is what was reported in the survey. And in addition to this, right, nearly 90% of the exchanges support the creation of the International Sustainability Standard Board, ISSB, and the proposed standard of which can be adopted by exchanges once approved by the International Organization of Securities Commission. So this is, this is something that uh, all of us should keep tap on because ultimately, right, uh, when it comes to all these standards, ultimately the businesses and the exchanges worldwide, they have to really decide on which reporting standard that they must adhere to. And this is important because you need to be able to compare the carbon emission, the GHG emission, not just between the exchanges. I mean, you need to make, make comparison between the businesses in each jurisdiction, in each geographical loca location, and also enabling these company in in, in different locations to compare against each other, then it becomes meaningful. But hopefully, uh, hopefully this is coming to a consensus among all these exchanges and we'll see how it goes. So basically this is the update for the first half, which is the deal from Indonesia and the ESG reporting standard at the exchanges. Now let's go for a short break and go for a short commercial. After this, I'll come back for more. Genki is a one-stop platform for companies to search for competent freelancers, consultants, and advisors. Apart from that, 
Companies can also post their project requirements and receive work bids from Genki's pool of professional workforce. Alternatively, professional service providers can also list their expertise so that they can market to the global market. Payments for work can be done through major credit cards and PayPal. What's more, Genki features some of the lowest commission in the global market and best of all, it is free to sign up. So why wait? Sign up at Genki, that is, G-E-N-K-I-I dot I-O, to list your expertise for free now. Okay, welcome back. So this is uh, ESG and sustain Sustainability. I'm your host, Han Jin. And uh, now, after touching on this Vietnam and this ESG standard, I'm going to talk about uh, Expedia Group and Vietnam. Uh, not Vietnam, I talked about Indonesia just now. Now I'm going to talk about Vietnam. So before I go to Vietnam, I'm going to talk about Expedia. And uh, Expedia, the Expedia Group, which is the travel group that many of us are well aware of, they actually launched a new global social impact and sustainability strategy. And this, this new strategy, right, basically they claim that it's going to advance a travel ecosystem that is, it claims that it's going to be responsible to a lot of people. And their strategy is basically focused on three priorities. And the first one is to increase access for underserved tra travelers, uh, democratizing the travel economy and innovating sustainable solutions for the future of the future of travel. And under these three strategies, right, these three prongs under the for their strategies, um, the first one, which is the underserved travelers, increasing access for underserved travelers. Expedia Group is going to focus a portion of its giving to provide grants for impact-driven organizations working to remove barriers to travel for underserved communities around the world. And I think that is very important because some of the startups they, you know, that startups they actually some of the startups they thrive, they survive based on all these different kinds of cash raised through various means, and this could be one of the means that. A start a startup who is dealing with this kind of this area can apply to so under the second prong uh, they have economic advancement for communities that's underrepresented in travel and what Expedia group is going to do is that they're going to soon launch a program that's aiming at startups and small and medium businesses in travel particularly those focused on improving the representation and the experience of underrepresented travelers they haven't re revealed much about this yet, but since they say that they'll soon soon launch a program, then uh, maybe we can keep track on it, keep track about it. Then we can maybe uh, I'll update you about this in the next episodes. Then under the third prong, right? They say that prosperous planet for generations to come. So what Expedia Group is going to do is that they are currently developing a long-term climate action plan for greening its own operations while driving industry-wide change. And they are developing this new program in partnership with the Travel Foundation, which will offer training and guidance to destination marketing organization. And hopefully this can help them to lead the way to climate action in tourism and foster meaningful change at the local level. So these are the strategies that are being uh, deployed at right now some of them is under currently under development which is very interesting because 
many organizations, be it in the fashion, in travel industry, so many organizations, they are coming up with so many different types of programs and each of them so interesting and it's very good to uh, be aware of most of them because it helps with coming up with awareness programs, sustainability program for your own organization as, as well. It gives you the idea, it sparks some, some new ideas, some new innovation. If you combine, you can combine some of this for your own organization as well, which is why I like to keep tab on what the different organizations are doing. Okay, so now moving on to Vietnam, and this was reported by from the government's website, Vietnamese exporters, they are urged to go green to optimize their trading with UK. And in the near future, right, uh, the United Kingdom, the, the, the United Kingdom, UK, they're going to deploy a series of free trade agreements with 19 countries as they prepare to join the comprehensive and progressive agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. And the impact is that when these agreements are signed, the free, free trade agreement for Vietnamese enterprises will no longer exist. Unless, of course, they, they maintain high sustainability standard. And in addition to this, right, excuse me, in addition to this, the UK consumers, they are actually becoming more demanding on matters like traceability and product quality standards, especially when it comes to food safety and hygiene. So the, the Vietnamese government, they claim that they have already promoted and implemented, implemented a lot of green policies during this entire period and they have been trying to help the, their own enterprises to increase their standards in ESG and sustainability and greening and they feel that uh, uh, on top of this they feel that they can do more so they are going to do more and to help these enterprises with something called uh, green, green agriculture. And another thing that the Vietnamese government is looking into implementing is to utilize more drones on farms. So they, on their, uh, the government spokesperson, he actually said that this application of drones in agriculture production would also be a solution to help reduce green, greenhouse gas emissions. And why he explains why is that? Uh, because drones, they use batteries instead of fossil fuel. So it's true, right? You don't you don't pour gasoline and oil into your drone for operation. You actually install a battery pack inside. So by using a battery instead of all this fossil fuel and gasoline, it should theoretically cut a larger amount of greenhouse gas emission. And for places like uh, you know in Mekong Delta, where they do a lot of rice production in Vietnam, this Mekong Delta in Vietnam where they do a lot of rice production, they say that if they were to use this these drones, the application of drones in this kind of area, this kind of terrain, is going to support the farmers to fully automate the stages of sowing, uh, sowing, spray, spraying pesticide, spreading fertilizers, and they claim that this entire uh, this this introduction of drones should be able to cut at least twenty percent of pesticide in the production, and this in a way helps to contribute uh, green agriculture. And it finally, it's, it's going to help this Vietnamese enterprise to continue trading with the United Kingdom, which is one of the uh, larger markets that Vietnam is dealing with at the moment. So this basically forms the update of my ESG and sustainability podcast. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.
Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hoped that you have enjoyed listening to it as much as we have enjoyed spending the time to curate the information and creating the podcast. In the meantime, please remember to like, rate and comment on wherever you get your podcast from. We also appreciate that you can share on what you would like to listen so that we can continue to provide relevant content to our listeners. Take care, stay safe and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode of ESG and sustainability with Harjun. Thank you.